The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mark Lichtenfeld. He is the Chief Income Strategist at the Oxford Group. Uh, He's also done a book called Get Rich with Dividends, A Proven System for Earning Double-Digit Returns. He also writes a newsletter called The Oxford Income Letter, um, and you can find out more about him at his website, WealthyRetirement.com. Welcome to the show, Mark. Hi, thanks for having me. So let's just kind of start with your background a little bit and why it is that you concentrate on income and dividends as a way to grow your wealth. Sure. Um, so my career started uh, about 20 years ago. Uh, I don't know if, if you or your listeners will remember the days of, of what was called the SOS Bandits. Uh, yes. those were, uh, that was kind of when day trading first started and, um, and people were just scalping, uh, you know, scalping eighths and, and quarters of a point all day long. Uh, and so I was working on a trading desk uh, kind of during that, just after the heyday, really. So, so the easy pickings were gone, but uh, th- there was still money to be made. Um, and, and so the, the early part of my career was really very, very uh, focused on, on speculation. And uh, you know, half the stocks that, that we were trading, I didn't even know the names of the companies. I didn't know what sectors they were in. They were simply four-letter symbols that were either going up or down, and that's all we cared about. Um, but to be honest, that was not my strength. I mean, I would, to be, you know, completely, completely honest here, I was not great at scalping these, these eighths and quarters of a point. I was better seeing a little bit longer term moves and, and, and reading charts and understanding fundamentals. And, and I was still, you know, very early in my career, so I didn't have a lot of knowledge, but fortunately it didn't take me too long to, to kind of realize where some strengths and weaknesses were. Um, and so as my career progressed, it, it, my focus really became much more on longer-term investing. And, and kind of once I discovered for myself, because I certainly didn't come up with the concept, but once I discovered the idea of investing in dividend growth companies and, and especially reinvesting the dividends in those companies, it was like the biggest light bulb in the world went off over my head and you know, I'd been kicking myself that I hadn't been investing this way ten years earlier, and uh, and, and I, it just made so much sense to me, and and I just saw so much proof that this works over the long term, that uh, I, I really became very dedicated to kind of spreading the word that this is the way I believe most investors should be investing for the long term because it it works, it's safe, and it's better in my opinion than just about any other form of investing. So you have two newsletters that you write for. One is the Oxford Income Letter, and the other one's called Wealthy Retirement. Just tell us a little bit about the two letters and what people can get in the two different letters. Sure. So Wealthy Retirement is uh, our free uh, e-letter, and some other people write for Wealthy Retirement as well. 
Um, so I'll write about all kinds of different retirement-related topics. And on Wednesdays, I have a column called The Safety Net, which is, uh, which is when I take a look at the safety of a dividend stock. And, and it's a stock that's requested by the readership. So every, every week I say, hey, you know, leave me the, the ticker symbols of the stocks you want me to take a look at. And so I have a, a proprietary system for rating the safety of a dividend. It, it's A through F. And we take a, a really close look at the company's track record, on um, the company's cash flow and their ability to pay the dividend, uh, the projected cash flow, payout ratio, a bunch of different factors, uh, and come up with a rating for how safe a dividend is. Um, and we've we've been lucky. We've made some very good calls uh, in the past. You know, we we put a, an F rating on uh, Freeport McMoran right before they cut their dividend. Uh, there have been a few instances like that. Um, have you ever been surprised? Have you ever been taken aback that you thought something was very safe and they cut the dividend anyway? Yeah, actually, I'm I'm doing an update uh, this week on um, uh, Prospect Capital PSEC. Mm-hmm. And there, six months ago, I looked at the, the stock, and I saw that their net investment income, and they're, they're a, a business development company, so you look at, at their uh, metrics a little bit differently. You don't look at earnings uh, or cash flow. You look at something called net investment income. And so I acknowledge that their net investment income was not uh, high enough to pay the dividend currently, but in the last two conference calls, management had basically said that the dividend was safe. They expected to uh, to continue to to pay it and raise it. In fact, and the company had raised the dividend fifty five months in a row. They pay monthly, so fifty five months in a row they'd raise the dividend, often by a fraction of a penny, but still, you know, every single month. And and very often, companies that have track records of raising the dividend really do whatever is in their power to keep that track record going, or at the very least not cut the dividend, because they know that that's a very important reason why investors are involved with the stock. So I just thought that with the track record, uh, with management saying that the dividend was relatively safe, and I know you're not, you shouldn't always listen to what the CEO says, but uh, you know, I, I, was, I was willing to take his word for it at this point because they had raised the dividend so often. And there were some other factors that I believe they had a cushion, they had some uh, some tax credits. They had just raised some money. So I, I, I thought they were going to be able to invest the money uh, to increase the net investment income. Long story short, right after I wrote the article and said that the dividend, I would actually had downgraded the dividend, the dividend safety from A to B, but B is still a, a pretty strong rating. Uh, and then almost immediately after they cut the dividend from 11 cents a month to eight and a third cents. So uh, this week I'm taking a, another look at it. And um, but so that, it happens that occasionally. Wonderful. It's pretty rare, but it does happen occasionally. Then, yeah, it, it does happen. I mean, uh, you know, unfortunately, my track record isn't perfect, but it's it's pretty good. So, um, it's it, but it also taught me a lesson too, to really pay very close attention to when a company is not generating the cash flow uh, or income to pay the dividend, and and even if they have that solid track record, and even if management says the the dividend is safe. That's really the most important thing, and and I I knew that, but I guess I needed I needed someone to to show it to me and and to relearn it. So I, I learned guess that you did. <laughs> and then tell us about the other newsletter you have, the Oxford Income Letter. What what is different about that from the Wealthy Retirement Letter? 
so in the Oxford Income Letter actually gives specific recommendations, um, and, and that's a, a premium service. So you have to, it's, a, it's a monthly newsletter that you pay for, you subscribe to it. I think it's, uh, depending on the, the deal we have, it's either $49 a year or $79. It, it kind of changes. Um, and you can get more information on that at uh, oxfordclub.com or wealthyretirement.com. But I give specific recommendations that fit with my 10, 11, 12 system, which is kind of the basis of the newsletter and the basis of the book. And it's all based on uh, a formula for generating 12% average annual total returns if you're reinvesting the dividends or 11% yields uh, within 10 years. And, and actually, and the 12% average annual total return is over the 10-year period. So, you know, you might not get it in year one or two, but over 10 years, you should be able to get 12% average uh, annual return. And, uh, and so we make specific recommendations. So these are all uh, what I call perpetual dividend raisers, companies with long track records of raising the dividend. Uh, they're uh, pretty much all safe companies. I do have one portfolio that's called the Retirement Catch-Up High Yield Portfolio that is not part of the 10, 11, 12, but those are higher yield, a little bit, little bit higher risk, but higher yield companies. Um, but the, but the, the, the kind of the, the core of the newsletter are, is this 10, 11, 12 system and these relatively safe stocks that have been raising the dividend every year where we're going to get these double-digit returns and yields uh, if, if we stick with them uh, over the long term. So let's kind of take a kind of a broad view of the, the the investing environment right now for dividend-oriented stocks. You've had an enormous bull market in the stock market for a long time here. Uh, interest rates have started to rise, so interest-sensitive investments like bonds and utilities have taken some pretty big hits in the last month or so. Uh, is this a dangerous time to get into high-yield stocks if interest rates are going to be rising here? It depends on on the high-yield stock and and. You know what sector it's in. So I, I agree with you that that utilities and bonds are a little scary right now. Uh, you know, everybody, myself included, expects interest rates to rise at some point. And, and we actually have seen that the ten-year note jump and yield uh, significantly over the last month or so. Um, whether that continues in the short term, who knows? But I think almost everybody expects that. You know, three years, five years down the road, interest rates are going to be substantially higher, which make bonds and, and utilities. Uh, probably not the best place to invest for the long term. Uh, that being said, I, I don't see anything wrong with having a utility uh, or a few utilities as a small part of your portfolio just for diversification purposes. But uh, I, wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't put too much into utilities, uh, no matter how attractive the yields might be, just because if interest rates go higher, the utilities uh, probably will, will take a hit. Um, but you know, I, I think there are certainly specific instances where a stock could have a high yield because it's very much out of favor uh, that may have nothing to do with interest rates and and there may be some some good opportunities there uh, but it, it's, it's a very individual uh, you know a very uh, stock by stock basis as opposed to kind of a, a blanket statement but anything that is interest rate sensitive I, I would certainly be careful with because that that does scare me for the long term again short term anything could happen but uh, over the long term I don't think you want to be in anything that's too interest rate sensitive. So the stocks that you have, which you call the perpetual dividend raises, maybe you could just define what that is. Do those tend to do better because they're raising their dividends in a rising interest rate environment? Yeah, so the perpetual dividend raisers are these companies that raise the dividend every single year. And 
as far as doing better in an interest rate environment, it's it's not it's it's almost it, that it doesn't matter that it's an interest uh, higher interest rate environment. And what I specifically like about these stocks, though, and and why I think it's so important to be invested in them, especially today, if we expect rates to go higher, is that they will keep up or, or should beat inflation. So if you are in a bond, for example, and even if that yield is attractive, let's say you're getting five or six percent on a junk bond. You know that yield is static. You're going to get that same five or six percent year after year after year, no matter what interest rates or inflation uh, does or how it behaves. If you're in a stock that's raising the dividend by eight or ten percent per year, you're keeping up with inflation, even if inflation spikes and and goes to let's say six, seven, eight percent, which would be you know pretty high uh, by historical standards. If you're getting eight to ten percent dividend growth every single year, and there are plenty of companies that have that kind of a track record, well, you're, you're beating inflation. So you're, you're maintaining or increasing your buying power almost no matter what the inflation uh, environment is. And I, that is, is extremely important for anybody who is on a fixed income, who is using the dividends uh, for income to pay the bills, to live their lifestyle. Uh, you know, Getting that raise is, is so important. And if you're still building wealth and reinvesting the dividend, then that's like, you know, stepping on the gas of the compounding machine. I mean, that's really what what enables you to generate a significant nest egg by reinvesting the dividends, you know, having that growth year after year. Uh, on the dividends that are producing more dividends than it's compounding because the dividends are going up all the time. So it, it has a compounding effect that you wouldn't have with a bond or something that's a fixed dividend, like a preferred, something like that. Exactly. And, and, and with bonds, you can't reinvest the dividend. I mean, you can take the cash and, and find another bond to invest in. But you know, with reinvesting the dividends, what's nice about it, too, is, is you can make it automatic. So you don't have to touch it. You don't have to give anybody instructions. Uh, it's almost always free uh, if you do it the right way. Uh, and so you can really, I never want to say set it and forget it because you can get burned if you, if you just completely ignore your investments. But it's a, it's a very hassle-free way of doing it, and you really can just kind of let things run for a while. And and you know, as long as the stock doesn't blow up and and you have a big problem with it, uh, you know, th these things can go on for years and years and years as you reinvest the dividend and and can really grow the numbers very very substantially. And, and people are very shocked when they when they realize how big the numbers can get over ten, twenty, thirty years. I mean, it, it's it's mind-boggling because. It doesn't start out that way, you know. If you're getting, you know, a ten percent dividend growth and, and the stock is going up seven percent a year, uh, you know, over over the first few years, your your nest egg doesn't grow that much. I mean, it grows, but it's it, it's not going to blow you away. But after ten years and you've tripled your money, and twenty years and you've made ten times your money, and thirty years and it's it's even more significant. Uh, it, it, it's the numbers get absolutely huge, and and that's one of the things I really tried to show people. Is that if they get started with this early enough, uh, it can have a very profound impact on your lifestyle, uh, either when you retire or later on in retirement. Uh, it, it, I mean, the numbers are, are just staggering. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this week is Mark Lichtenfeld. He is the author of a book called Get Rich with Dividends A Proven System for Earning Double Digit Returns. He's also the uh, chief income strategist at the Oxford Group. His newsletter is called The Oxford Income Letter, and there's also a free newsletter you can subscribe to at WealthyRetirement.com. We'll be back after this.
We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mark Lichtenfeld. He is the author of a book called Get Rich with Dividends, A Proven System for Earning Double-Digit Returns. He's also the chief income strategist at the Oxford Group. His newsletter there is called the Oxford Income Letter, and he also writes a newsletter, uh, contributes to a newsletter called Wealthy Retirement, which you can find out about at WealthyRetirement.com. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Thanks, Jordan. So one way that people talk about investing in rising dividends is through either exchange-traded funds, ETFs, like there's an S&P uh, dividend ETF, or um, mutual funds, like Vanguard and others have rising dividends funds. Uh, what do you think about those in, as opposed to buying individual uh, rising dividend stocks? You know, it's funny because usually I'm, I'm very much uh, pro-index funds or, or even ETFs because they are so inexpensive. But it, when it comes to investing in dividend companies and, and trying to capture that dividend growth, I have not found a mutual fund or ETF that accomplishes what I'm trying to accomplish by setting up a portfolio of these perpetual dividend raisers, these, these companies that raise the dividend every year. And it's funny because these ETFs and mutual funds, even ones with names like you know the XYZ Dividend Growth Fund or the ETFs that invest in the dividend aristocrats, which are S&P 500 companies that have raised the dividend every year for 25 years, none of these funds or ETFs have a long track record of raising the dividend every year, even though some of them claim to invest in stocks that 
do just that. So even though you might be investing in, in a basket of these stocks, for whatever reason, the ETF or fund itself does not raise the dividend every single year, or at least not, has not done so for uh, a decent amount of time to, to make me confident that they'll be able to continue to do that. So I prefer to invest in the individual stocks. And you know there are plenty of stocks. I mean, there are hundreds of stocks that have been raising the dividend every year for five years or more. Um, but even even you go back to the the Great Recession, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. There were still plenty of companies that raised the dividend back then. Some might have only raised it by a, a small amount, single digit percentage, uh, in order to keep their streak alive. But they continued to do that. Whereas again, these ETFs and mutual funds just haven't. And if you're looking at, uh, especially the mutual funds, something that has you know dividend growth or income growth in its name, make sure you take a peek behind the curtain and don't just believe that because the fund company has a, a good reputation uh, that that this is what's happening that they are providing a decent amount of income and growing income because quite a few of them have very low yields. I've seen mutual funds that have you know income growth in the name that have not raised their distribution at all in the last few years, have, have cut the distribution. So basically the mutual fund and ETF industry has not convinced me that that's a better way to go uh, because they have not consistently been raising those dividends. So I prefer a, a basket of stocks. You know, you, you can even do, do 10 stocks that are raising the dividend every year. And, and if you're investing for the long term, it, it'll even be cheaper than even a low-cost ETF or, or mutual fund. If you think about you know, setting up a, a portfolio of 10 stocks, let's say you have $50,000 and you're going to buy $5,000 of 10 stocks. If you're, if you're buying it you know, with the discount online brokers, it'll cost you $10 a trade, so $100, let's say, for 10 stocks. That's you know, two-tenths of a percentage point, which is in line with a low-cost ETF or mutual fund. But then that's it. You know? And with these ETFs or mutual funds, you'd still be paying that that uh, expense ratio, even a low one, every single year. Whereas if you have these 10 stocks in a Schwab or Ameritrade account and you're reinvesting the dividend year after year uh, and you're not making any other trades, that you don't have any other costs for as long yeah, as you, you hold you, these you stocks. You end up with more yourself. Now, the very top of the food chain are what you call the dividend aristocrats, which have raised their dividends for 25 years. How many stocks are in uh, that category of 25 years or more of raising their dividends? Um, there's usually I, I forgot exact the exact number right now this year, but because it, it gets reset every year. But it, there's usually between about forty and, and fifty, fifty five stocks, and you know every every so often one falls out because they did not raise the dividend. Another one uh, joins. So uh, so there's usually about forty to, to fifty. Now it's important to note not all of them have have high yields uh, or even decent yields. I mean, you might have a company that that only has a, a 1% or 2% yield, but they've been raising it every year for 25 years. So, so the, do, you, uh, do you tend to favor the, the dividend aristocrats that have higher yields, say, more than the market of 2% or so? Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, basically, in order to, to achieve the goals that I'm trying to achieve with the 10, 11, 12 system, which, again, is that 12% that average annual total return or 11% yields in 10 years, you have to start w with a higher uh, higher starting yield. Um, so I'm usually looking for at least 3.5%, preferably 4% if I can, uh, to start off with and then have that grow in, you know, in, in the best of circumstances 10% a year or more. So what would be an example of a stock with a 4% yield growing its dividend to 10% a year that would be one of your favorites? Um, 
I'm looking at the portfolio now. So uh, right now, that you know, a lot of them because the, the bull market has been going on for six years. So in order to to find these higher starting yields, looking increasingly more at master limited partnerships and REITs, uh, because these companies have to pay 90% of their income in the form of dividends. So they tend to have higher uh, higher yields. Um, but uh, a company like um, I'm just sorry. I'm just looking over my portfolio for some of the higher growth companies. Uh, Covanta is a company probably most people have not heard of. Uh, CVA is the symbol. So their yield is uh, well over 4%. Uh, their dividend growth should be over 10% uh, per year over the, uh, over the next several years. Um, so tell us a little bit about Covanta since people aren't familiar with it. What do they do? Yeah, so Covanta has an interesting business model. So they uh, they do a couple of different things. They collect waste, uh, so kind of like a waste management, uh, and so, so they get money from cities for, for collecting the waste, but then they actually incinerate the waste and create energy from that waste, so they can sell that energy, and then as also as kind of a, a smaller side business when they, when they incinerate the waste, uh, there's, uh, they, they pull out the scrap metal and they can sell the scrap metal. But their, their main business is collecting waste and then using that as, a, as an energy source and selling that. Uh, it's, it's a smaller company. It's you know, one of those that not a lot of people have heard of. Um, but they're, they just, landed a, a, just started a new contract with New York City, uh, landed a new contract in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, so their, their business is, is going great, uh, especially in Europe, but even in the United States too. Uh, municipalities are trying to minimize or even get rid of landfills. So this is a perfect way of, of not creating new landfills. So it's, it's kind of a neat little business that not a lot of people know of. Talk a little bit about MLPs, Master Limited Partnerships. It's something people might, might, might not be familiar with. Uh, these are basically the energy infrastructure space. Uh, people would normally think if oil prices have fallen as they haven't recently, that would hurt MLPs. Uh, what is the advantage of buying an MLP in the current environment we're in today with lower oil and gas prices? Sure. So uh, MLPs, as, as you mentioned, they're usually energy-related. They're not always, but they, they usually are. I think about 80% of the MLPs out there are energy-related. Um, and very often these companies are pipeline companies. Uh, so they're not the ones that are, are drilling for oil and, and hoping to, to find a well and, and you know, praying that they don't get a dry hole. Uh, these are our pipeline companies, and so really, what they they do, they're they're like toll operators. So the the oil companies have to pay to ship their oil, and they pay the pipeline companies, you know, based on how much oil they put through their their pipelines. So even if oil prices go down, in many cases, the MLPs uh, their fees are not going down because they're still they're still oil going through their pipelines. Um, what's really attractive about master limited partnerships, besides for the higher yields, is they have a very preferential tax treatment. So what happens with a, with a partnership is it's different than when you invest in a regular stock, let's say like a, a Chevron or, or IBM where you're a shareholder. When you invest in a master limited partnership, you are considered a partner. And there's different tax consequences. And so what happens is at the end of the year, um, you get... Uh, you're, instead of getting a 1099 DIV, which is the, the you know the, the tax statement you get for your dividends, you get what's called a K1 from the partnership, and the dividends that you get are actually called a distribution, and usually much of it is considered a return of capital. 
And this is really important because you're considered a partner, so you're getting a return of capital. And return of capital is not taxed. So you get a dividend, a regular dividend, and you're subject to 15% dividend tax. When you get a return of capital, you are not taxed on that income. Rather, what it does is it lowers your cost basis. So when so you sell the stock, eventually, you're going to have a bigger capital gains tax to pay because your basis is lower, right? Exactly. So Uncle Sam's going to get his money either way. But what's nice about it is you're not getting, you're not getting taxed on it in the years you're receiving the income. And it can be used you know, in, in estate planning. So if you're using this income to live on, and then you pass on and leave the, the stock to your heirs, it gets reset. You don't have to pay taxes on any capital gains. So let's say you bought the stock at 20. For 10 years, you've been getting these distributions. You're not paying any taxes on it. Now your cost basis is $10, uh, and you pass away, and your heirs inherit the stock at $30. The clock is reset, and they now own the stock at $30. So, so that's the step-up basis you're talking about at death. Exactly. Yes. And so right. essentially you've been collecting tax-free income. I mean, you know, not, not in the best way because you're, you're not there anymore. But, uh, but, <laughs> at but at that, least you didn't pay taxes from the grave, so that's a good thing, yes. All right, we have to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Mark Lichtenfeld. He is the author of a book called Get Rich with Dividends. There is a website related to that book, which is getrichwithdividends.com. He also is the chief income strategist at the Oxford Letter. Uh, the newsletter is called the Oxford Income Letter. And also there's a website, wealthyretirement.com, he writes for as well. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in government, the legal arena, and the business world impacts your business every day. And we're going to take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of it all. Each week, we'll bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers and leaders. Squire Patton Boggs will be your guide as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join us for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Channel each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. 
all from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mark Lichtenfeld. He's the editor of uh, the Oxford Income Letter. Uh, He also has a website, wealthyretirement.com, he writes for. And he has a book called Get Rich with Dividends which you can find out about at GetRichWithDividends.com. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Thanks, Jordan. So we were talking about master limited partnerships. Maybe just give us the name of one or two of the MLPs that you like these days that you think are going to keep raising their dividends and are, are good buys at current prices. Sure. Well, we, we actually, um, in the portfolio, we had uh, Williams Partners, but they are uh, in the process of uh, getting acquired by their parent company. Uh, so... That's an interesting situation because when the parent company is Williams Companies. And so that's an interesting situation because, well, first of all, the, the price of, of Williams Partners spiked on the news. But we're, we're not going to have this tax advantage anymore that I, I spoke about earlier because it will no longer be an MLP. It will be part of the regular company. But management said that going forward, at least through 2020, they expect dividend growth of 10 to, 20, 10 to 15% per year through 2020. So I'm, even though it's not an MLP and, and I, I like MLPs, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with the parent company for the time being because I, I love that really strong dividend growth. The same um, thing happened with uh, Kinder Morgan, right? And where exactly. Kinder Morgan Partners were taken over by Kinder Morgan itself, KMI. Yeah, and, and I would not be surprised if, if that becomes a trend. Is it, it seems like, I mean, you know, it's still early on in the game, but it seems like uh, it worked out well for Kinder Morgan. We'll see what happens with Williams Partners. I wouldn't be shocked if, if we start to see a little bit more of that in the future with a parent. Uh, what would be uh, another example of an MLP where there's a parent that could potentially take it over? Um, oh boy, there's there's a whole bunch of them. Um, let me take a look. I don't have my uh, my information up right here. Like, Well, actually, one stock that I like that's in my portfolio, Brookfield Infrastructure Partners. Now, that's actually not an energy MLP. They have infrastructure uh, assets all over the world, like railroads in Australia and uh, you know shipping ports in China, uh, toll roads in South America, things like that. Uh, but that's a, a company certainly where uh, the parent uh, could uh, could uh, I guess uh, you know remerge the uh, the MLP back into the parent company. Yeah, uh, and and there's you know there there are plenty of others like that. Um, symbol, I, I, I think way, it's a little early to say it's a trend, but it's something to keep an eye on. The symbol for that, by the way, for Brookfield Infrastructure Partners is uh, BIP. Just so people should know about that. All right, now another area that you like are real estate investment trusts, REITs. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe just do a little basics on uh, what a REIT is about and why do you like REITs in this environment. Maybe give us a name or two of one of your favorites. Sure. So real estate investment trusts or REITs uh, are, are similar to MLPs in one way in that they are required to pay 90% of their income in the form of dividends. And as a result, they are not taxed on a corporate level. You're still taxed on the dividend. So it's unlike an MLP in that regard. You still will pay the dividend tax on a REIT. Uh, but they do have, typically they have higher yields because they have to pay out 90% of their income. And uh, you know, not all REITs are, are created equal, and, and they have 
REITs in almost every different type of category you can imagine. So there's residential housing, there's apartments, there's office space, there's uh, healthcare-related REITs, there's, uh, there's data storage REITs, uh, there's, you know, there's warehouse REITs. Uh, and al- almost any way you can break up real estate or categorize real estate, that's, there's a REIT for it. And so um, one of the things I like about it is, is depending on the REIT, very often the leases uh, have inflation hedges um, in, included. So if inflation is, is, goes up 2%, then, then the rents will go up 2%. Uh, so I, I like that um, for, from an inflation hedge. Many of these REITs are very acquisitive. They are always looking for new investments, new ways to generate more income so they can pay shareholders uh, a higher dividend. So a lot of them have, have strong track records of dividend growth. Uh, and and not all, but, but a lot of them have been in this business a long time and are, are very well managed. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, when, when real estate does get hit hard, often these stocks will as well. Uh, even though their tenants may be paying the rents, uh, you know, if real estate prices uh, and values go down, uh, these most likely will as well. So they're not a, a risk-free investment. Are you value. anticipating that now? Are you anticipating that the real estate market is going to get worse now? Not necessarily. Uh, it, you know, if rates if rates spiked higher, maybe. But uh, you know, certainly there are some markets in the country that that are, are frothy. But uh, I I don't anticipate you know another two thousand. Seven two thousand eight real estate bubble like we had before, yeah. uh, but uh, you know it's it's not something I'm worried about for the long term at least. So, what would be say two REITs that you would like at current prices these days? Well, one of my favorites is Omega Health Investors OHI, and they invest in properties. Uh, they're uh, they're basically landlords for nursing homes. So it's important to understand they don't operate the nursing home. So if there are issues with Medicare and, and payments you know, by the government insurers, that doesn't directly affect them. Now, it, will, it might affect the tenant's ability to pay, but it won't, you know, doesn't directly affect the landlord. And basically, if the tenant wants to keep the doors open, they have to pay the rent. Uh, and, and certainly, everyone's aware of, of the, the graying of America and you know, baby boomers starting to turn 65, and, and there are some really staggering statistics and, and estimates that uh, one out of every three baby boomers will spend time in an assisted living facility at some point in their lifetime. And so the, the nursing home uh, and assisted living facility uh, segment, I think, is, is a place you want to be for the long term because uh, their, their business is going to grow very, very significantly. They've got and, the demographic wave in their favor, you're saying, yes. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and then another area is in the industrial uh, REIT. What do you like in that area? Yeah, so I just recommended a company called uh, Stag Industrial, and they invest in warehouses, uh, mostly warehouses. Some they have some light manufacturing facilities as well, but uh, mostly warehouses, um, and they are very, very acquisitive. So uh, actually, in, in the newsletter uh, last month, I wrote that if you go to the Stag's website, right there, the first thing you see is it says "We are hunters" because they are always on the hunt for undervalued properties, um, and, and what they typically do is they don't buy properties from you know giant conglomerates they're looking for the mom and pop owner or the regional owner uh, in in places all over the country um, they have 178 warehouses and 50 manufacturing facilities in 36 states and and typically you're not going to find their stuff in New York City or in Boston or Chicago I mean they're you know they're in outside of some of the the medium or smaller cities 
in the country so where the values are a little bit better. Um, and so they've, uh, they've been growing uh, cash flow by leaps and bounds because they are so acquisitive. They've been raising the dividend uh, every year for several years. Uh, it's a monthly dividend, which a lot of people like, and currently has a yield of over 6%. So um, it's, uh, I think it's a really uh, neat little company that not a lot of people have heard of that, that should do well as, as long as the economy continues to, uh, to expand. Uh, if, if the economy slows down, uh, you know, certainly you could, see, uh, you could see a decline in the stock price. It, I, it, it will certainly track with the economy. But over the long term, and that's what we're focused on, you know, I'm not worried about what happens in the next six months or, or year or even two years. Over the long term, uh, I, th- I think it's a, a great little company uh, where you, you're getting a great yield and, uh, and you're going to do really well over, over and the next raising the dividends. So you'd have some compounding going there as well because they're raising the dividend consistently as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they, they have been raising the dividend uh, every year uh, for uh, several years now. Now, there's also a category that you call the retirement catch-up uh, high-yield portfolio, where some yields are 9% plus, really high yields. Right. Uh, what are some companies you like in that area? And is that even riskier as far as uh, being interest-sensitive if interest rates were to go up? Uh, they're not necessarily interest rate-sensitive as a group. I mean, any individual stock may be, um, but uh, it, it's... I'm not, I'm not investing in, in, for the most part, companies that are interest rate sensitive. These are kind of all special situations. Uh, you know, for example, GlaxoSmithKline is in there. I mean, it's a it's a beat up drug company with a nice five and a half percent yield. And the only reason it's not in one of the other portfolios is because they just don't have a history of raising the dividend. Uh, but I I like the company a lot. It's it's beat up. It's a it's a it's a defensive stock. Is in the fact that it's a it's a big pharma company. Um, and has a you know a very solid yield. Uh, on the flip side, if you want to go uh, you know really high high risk but high yield, um, kind of a controversial stock that I've recommended recently is Medallion Financial. It has over ten percent yield. Their ticker symbol is Taxi T A X I, and what they do is they lend money to mostly New York City. Uh, Cab uh, cab owners or, or people who want to buy or, or are buying taxi medallions, uh, which cost usually around eight hundred thousand to a million dollars, and the reason it's controversial is because everybody's been hearing that Uber is is absolutely eating the taxi industry's lunch, um, and so the, the stock has gotten pounded as you can imagine uh, because revenues are off in the taxi industry. But you're recommending it anyway. You st- despite Uber and Lyft, you you still think that uh, they're going to. Uh, they've been unfairly pounded, is what you're saying. I think so because, um, first of all, Medallion Financial has been doing this for decades. Uh, they have never had to write off a loss on any of their medallion loans. Now, someone could argue, okay, well, this time it's different because there never was an Uber or Lyft competing with the you know with the taxi industry, and 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 I don't argue taxi revenues are down. They're down in New York City by about two or three percent. But uh, Medallion has not reported any loans that are more than uh, 90 days past due. And in fact, an even larger bank, um, Signature uh, Bank, uh, has even more taxi medallion loans. They haven't reported any uh, 90-day or longer past due loans on their medallions. So even though 
the taxi industry is 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 not booming by any stretch of the imagination. The medallion owners are still paying their loans, and the reason is if they don't, they can't operate the taxi. And these medallions still generate cash flow. This is this is how the owners, you know, pay their their bills and and feed their families. Very often, the, the typical medallion owner, uh, you know, has, has saved up for years for the down payment. They take out the loan, they get the medallion. They'll drive 12 hours a day, and then they'll rent out their cab for another 12 hours a day. And so if they don't have this medallion, they don't have an income. And right now, the cash flow that, that the taxis are generating is still well above what they pay for interest for the medallion and their expenses for the cab. So it's kind so, of an opportunistic buy because the stock has been hit for what you think is not a legitimate reason, and therefore that's why the yield is over 10%. I think so. And it's also a family-controlled business. Uh, father and son, father who started it uh, you know, decades ago, uh, has, they run it together. Uh, the father recently bought shares. Uh, so I do think this is a, a, a value stock, one with, a, a, like I said, a 10% yield, which you have to love. There is risk here. I don't want to pretend like there, there's not risk here. If, if Uber continues to, uh, to make taxi revenues deteriorate, the situation could certainly change. Who knows? But on the other hand, the taxi industry is is very much in the pockets of New York City and New York State government and legislators. They are very big uh, campaign donors uh, to to all the bigwigs in the city and the state. So uh, I, I'm not too worried that in the long term this company is going to have problems. Very good. We're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Mark Lichtenfeld. He's the author of a book called Get Rich with Dividends, a proven system for earning double-digit returns. And there's a website related to that, which is Get Rich with Dividends. He's also the chief income strategist at the Oxford Income Letter. And you can also find more about his writing at WealthyRetirement.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need exactly when you need it so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions 
better business. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour, Mark Lichtenfeld, is the uh, Chief Income Strategist at the Oxford Income Letter. Uh, You can also find out about him at the newsletter WealthyRetirement.com. And he has a book called Get Rich with Dividends and their website, GetRichWithDividends.com. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Thank you, Jordan. So there are some other very high-yielding companies, just mentioning two particularly, uh, one called the Eaton Vance Tax-Managed Global Diversified Equity Income Fund. Tell me about that one. Yeah, so this is an interesting closed-end fund in that they write covered calls. So, so they'll, they'll buy some stocks and then uh, write calls or, or sell calls on the S&P 500, and that generates a little bit extra income, uh, having that option premium coming in. And so they have a, a very high yield as a result of, of this options activity. And what's nice about this, this is kind of a defensive uh, strategy in that in a bull market like we've had, I mean, this, this will underperform because when you're, when you're writing calls, uh, you know, when, when, when stocks go up, you either have to, uh, you're basically putting a cap on, on your upside. Uh, but when the markets are flat or they go down, you have a nice little buffer. So uh, even though it has a, has a very strong yield, this is, is one of the more defensive uh, uh, recommendations in the portfolio. And, uh, and it's one that I, I hope to have in there for a long time, not only for the yield, but because of its defensive nature. And the symbol on that one is EXG. And what is the current yield on that roughly? Uh, it's, I believe it's over 9% right now. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, and yeah, it's over 9%. And there's another one in this kind of plus 9% category uh, called New Mountain Finance. Tell me about that one. So New Mountain uh, Finance is a, a business development company, or a BDC. And uh, BDCs are companies that invest in other businesses. Um, very often, and, and New Mountain Finance is an example of this, it, it's lending money. So it's not an equity investment, although they, ha- they have a, a very tiny pro- uh, portion of their portfolio in equity. But for the most part, they are lending money to companies that can't get bank loans, uh, quite frankly. So they go to these, uh, you know, to these BDCs or, or, or other companies to lend money. And often the yields are, are fairly high. Um, so New Mountain Finance has uh, over a 9% yield. Uh, almost half of their loans are second lien debt. So there's a first lien. So if, if a company were to declare bankruptcy, you know, the first lien uh, uh, creditors would get paid first, then the second lien. So a lot of their, their debt is second lien. Um, and as a result, some of the, the yields are a little bit higher. Um, they, they have an excellent track record uh, for uh, growing the book value of the company, for generating income. Uh, and actually, I know the CEO personally. Um, I, I grew up with him. He was uh, he's the brother of a friend of mine, and that's not why I recommended the company. I was looking at the company and saw his name and said, oh, my God, this has to be the same guy. I called him up, and uh, and turns out it was the same guy. And he's uh, extremely, extremely bright, uh, very trustworthy, and uh, and I like what he's doing with this company. He's, he's done a great job for shareholders. So I wanted okay, to put If the economy were to turn down, 
uh, there would be more defaults on the second lane position like that. So there's definitely some risk in something like that. Absolutely, yeah. And then that, and you know, and you're, but you're getting paid for that risk. You're getting paid nine percent, um, and that's that's you know one thing to remember about high yield is uh, you know you are getting paid to take risk. Uh, there's there's no such thing as a free lunch in the market, and so if you see an eight, nine, ten percent or or higher yield. Uh, you know, understand that there's more risk there than if you're investing, you know, in Pfizer or, uh, you know, a, a blue chip company with a, a two, three, or four percent yield. There's there's a reason that the yield is higher. So yes. you have to be comfortable with taking that risk. And the symbol on that new mountain finance is NMFC. Right. Now let's just talk about another thing. As far as uh, setting up a plan where you have these dividends automatically reinvested for you, there are drips, dividend reinvestment plans, and direct purchase plans. You talk about that in your book, but explain how those work a little bit and what is the best way to set it up so in one place you can have several different dividend reinvestment plans going for you. Right. So very often when people talk about DRIPS, uh, the dividend reinvestment plan, they're, or direct purchase plans, they're talking about investing directly with the company. So you, know, you, you buy um, you know, 100 shares of Pfizer and then you are, are directly through the company, not through a broker, are reinvesting those dividends or buying more shares. Um, I'm not a huge fan of that. I would rather do it with a discount broker. And the reason, there's several reasons for that. One is very often the fees, when you're doing it directly through the company, can be quite high. Uh, very often you have to pay about $15 to $25 to set up your account. There, some companies charge commissions every time you reinvest the dividends. Not all, but some do. Um, and uh, they charge commissions, obviously, when you sell the stock. If you are reinvesting the dividend with a broker, most brokers allow you to do that for free. Uh, and there's obviously no charge to set up your account. You, you know, you, you'll pay a, char a, a commission to buy the stock initially. Um, but after that, you know, if you bought 100 shares of, of Pfizer and reinvested the dividend quarter after quarter, uh, you're not going to pay another dime until you go to sell the stock. Um, there, now, there are companies, there are very, very few of them. Um, I know Aqua America is one, but there are a few companies that allow you to reinvest the dividend at a discount, usually at a 5% discount. Um, now, obviously, you can't do that through the broker. You have to do that directly through the company. And those companies also typically do not charge commissions. So you, high you like those discount dividend reinvestment plans then? Uh, I, I, I do. I haven't found a company that I actually like uh, that has it. But, you know, that in theory, I love the idea. Um, and if I found the company itself that I wanted to invest in, then, then I would love to do it that way. Um, but the other reason I like to, I, I prefer to have the dividend reinvested and have everything held in my brokerage account as opposed to in the individual companies. It's just easier, you know, to have, let's say, 10 stocks all in one place. Uh, you know, you, you get one account statement uh, as opposed to having you know, 100 shares in Pfizer and 200 shares in Cisco and 100 shares in, in uh, Glaxo and Omega Health and, and all these different places that you have to keep track of all these different accounts. And it's very easy to lose track of, of what you have, how much is invested, what your income is. If you've got everything with one broker, you can see what, you know, what proportion of your portfolio is in each stock, what the income is. You can make adjustments uh, much easier and and as I said, and often it's cheaper. Uh, it's usually cheaper to do it through your discount broker. Um, and so consulting on one place. Yes, we yeah. have about a minute to go. Just kind of wrap up the the reason why people should want to do uh, dividend investing, and particularly uh, stocks with rising dividends 
as a way of in increasing their wealth over time. Sure. So the method that I have in my book, again, the 10, 11, 12 system, here, here's just some of the numbers I was talking about. If you invested $100,000 uh, in five years reinvesting the dividends, uh, you should have around $185,000. Uh, in 10 years, $351,000. And in 20 years, $1.3 million. Uh, and that's no further investment, just reinvesting the dividend. And, and that's with the assumption that the market goes up by the historic average. The historical average of, of about seven point eight percent per year, um, so that's that's significant amount of money uh, that you can grow simply by buying some great companies, reinvesting the dividend, and kind of sitting back and letting time and, and compounding work its magic. Compounding is a wonderful thing if it's working for you, indeed. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Mark Lichtenfeld. His book is called Get Rich with Dividends, A Proven System for Earning Double-Digit Returns. And he's shown us how to do that. Uh, his website uh, is WealthyRetirement.com. There is a website related to the book, which is GetRichWithDividends.com. He's also the chief income strategist at the Oxford Income Letter. We heard some of the stocks he talks about in that newsletter. It's been very informative. I think people got a lot of very good ideas from this. So thanks so much for being a guest on The Money Answer Show, Mark. Sure. Thanks so much for having me, Jordan. Thanks again, and we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.